Welcome back, witches and witchlings. It's been getting warmer here. We've spent up big for some seedlings and soils, getting our green thumbs out and working on our veggie gardens. We're putting in a new large veggie patch for corns, root veggies, sunflowers, vine veg, herbs, and so many more goodies. Our kids love helping out and we've been putting them to work. Um, <laughs> Mia, who is 10, is very delicate with the seedlings um, and the roots and doesn't mind some hard work. Our son Lyric likes to water the gardens and help harvest. With all this in mind, today's episode is dedicated to my young witchlings and green witches for the ones who wish to have a garden or green thumb and need some inspiration for ones who have plant babies but want some more connection to plant magic and the old faithful gardeners who are in tune with the seasons and the harvests. The Blissful Witchcast, a sacred place where we talk spells, rituals, love, pleasures and magic. A place of sharing from the life of an Australian witch while raising my young witchlings and experiencing my own journey of green and kitchen witchery. Let's embark on this witch quest together to living a more happy and soulful life with your host, me, Shanae. So towards mid last year, our family decided to homeschool for 2022. We, like many other families, were uncertain of what the near future held for our business and our kids' schooling. We researched a lot, as we do with any big life decisions, and knew it was going to bring massive change and that we'd probably be greyer by the end of the year. We enrolled our children into a Montessori curriculum, informed their then school and started our wild, wacky journey. Term one was a bloody mess. The school hadn't yet received notification of our certificate to homeschool. So for those of you who don't know, you actually have to apply and be accepted to teach your own children, which means we had weekly calls and emails notifying back and forth between the schools and et cetera that our kids were enrolled and undergoing home studies. We had a lot of preparation but were still blindsided to the journey ahead. Our business of nine years closed which was a sad but awakening moment for us. It was a wonder really that we'd kept it alive for the past two years. So we took on work from home, um, a very vulnerable and emotional roller coaster. Um, fast forward six months and we have our shit almost sorted. <laughs> Uh, the universe always likes to throw you a curveball. So, you know, we are doing the best we can with whatever is thrown our way. 
Hubby restarted a trade and multitasks our online and in-personal businesses plus family life and his hobbies. I run the household, homeschool our witchlings, assist with the online businesses, boss bitch my Patreon memberships for witches alike, podcast, garden, coach yoga online and somehow find me time. Obviously, hubby does a bit more. I just had to, you know, jazz mine up a bit. (laughs) Okay, so term three, which is where we are right now. So far, it's been the best time I've had with the kids. Um, I sat down and really thought about how I can give them the best during this experience and really be present with them something we will always remember and cherish. When we were working in our previous businesses, as much as it was financially great and the roles that we had, our kids were able to be with us, there wasn't a lot of quality time. Um, We were always together but very minimal learning was happening on both sides. So with this in mind, I really started thinking of their strengths and their weaknesses, mine also, and what would truly make them into the true light seekers we believe them to be. So part of apart from the typical subjects that we're required to be learning, uh, we added a few that will broaden their horizons. Be one with nature and know that their inners, uh, their smarts and their hearts are, you know, being loved and nourished and having an awesome, adventurous life. So I've come up with the few of the newest that we've added to our curriculum. Now, this isn't necessarily being tested or assessed in a way other than them learning by doing and I will see and they will see and they will know that they have learned something new as time goes on and they're able to reflect back and just know. This will make sense as I go on. So first off, herbology and gardening. As we have big green thumbs, I knew this could be turned into a subject learning and not just weeding and planting day. So we've begun to companion plant, strategize the plots and try to get the most out of our space. For my birthday that just passed, I asked for extra veggie patches. Now, when hubby gets an idea in his head, he can go all out and that's exactly what he's done. So he's recreated um, our space into 11 by 6 garden mania. (laughs) So this is in addition to our existing veggie beds um, and also our citrus. So as we plant something new, we study it what it likes, what its medicinal properties are, how and when to harvest and what we can cook with it. We're adding more plants and flowers during the bees, compost, our offcarts and feed the chooks. We're keeping a herbology logbook of our findings with 
sketches, drawings, notes and instructions. And this will give our witchlings a better understanding of the plants growing in their backyard, confidence in their nutrition, their health and appreciation for the hard work that we and our plants go through. So that feels really, really good. And like I said before, when they then harvest something, they know then it's edible or they'll know then that it's something that we'll be drying out to make into tea or, you know, if they touch wood got stung by a bee, you know, what plant they potentially could grab with my assistance, of course, um, until they're much older and they can do it on their own, um, you know, to help out that wound. Um, and that is amazing. I mean, I hope there's schools out there that are teaching them this stuff, but not that I've seen. So next was cooking and feasts. So alongside the harvesting of our plants, we've been learning independent cooking and baking. I've always said that this subject should be compulsory for children from any age, really. So throughout my husband and his in mine years of study um, with health coaching, we've seen some pretty shocking diets. And look, it all comes down to education. No judgment, but just knowing that we can obviously provide that for our children, we want to, you know, go all for it. So you can drill the food pyramid into someone's head a thousand times and still not understand what should be consumed and why. So we're very fortunate with Harvey's naturopathy studies that we have this deeper understanding on our foods and supplements and love to help others get on track of their lifestyles to live healthier, happier lives. And our kids have seen this from day one, um, conception, pregnancy, birth, early and later years of what they eat has been our top priority. And in return, they have had a really healthy start in life. And we know the only way this will continue into the adolescence is if we teach them the way, learn by doing, right? So for this subject, we discuss food and um, the handling and safety budgeting amongst um, needs on, sorry, amounts needed for how many mouths to feed, food storage, preparations, and the joy it brings to sit with your loved ones and appreciate the cook and the meal in front of them. So each week they are to prepare dinner once a week and in time we're aiming for independent cooking. Once a week, we bake or make um, a treat, so something for morning or afternoon tea. Um, they also assist hosting a dinner gathering once a month. This is to show diversity in cuisines, costs, dietary requirements, and feel a part of a tribe with friends, family, and bringing those feel-good moments that feasts and traditions and celebrations have. I've never wanted to, my kids to leave the nest without learning these qualities, how empowering it is to know how to heal yourself through foods and better knowing that you can grow it and cook it. This makes me feel really proud that they actually want to learn this as well. They are keen as mustard and they're doing a really bloody good job. Now, hobbies and interests. 
this was something that when we were forming our curriculum at the start of the year or towards last year preparation for this year that we had to think about. And it's funny, you know, you think you know your kids, um, you know, from the things that they say they like or what they might watch or talk about. But when they're at school every day, you're only seeing parts of it. So when I said that term one was a (laughs) bag of jokes, (laughs) it was because it was more us trying to like figure out who we were again as individuals and as a family and, and that whole, you know, shifting from, yeah, they were always with us in some way, but, you know, for six hours a day, five days a week, they were off being their own little humans. So trying to figure out their interests and their hobbies again and on deeper levels as well, you know, like not just the superficial things that they've liked. So the hobbies and interests, Lyric is six and he loves dinosaurs and animals and skateboarding, imagination play and pirates. And so for him, I've included pirateology, history of dinosaurs, zoology and skating sessions, like skateboard sessions. Um, these learnings are through books, movies, excursions, and however else we can get amongst it. This definitely keeps him a keen learner. Uh, If he's getting restless or too distracted, we pull one of these interests out to mix it up and keep some learning rolling in. Mia is turning 11 and loves art and crafts, tarot, crystals, um, reading books, nature collecting and morbid story writing. (laughs) She is actually really good at that. So for her, I've included pottery sessions, plenty of crafty days, which include uh, Nana Pam visits for sewing and creative activities, gem and rock research, folklore and traditions, nature adventures, and books galore. She always has a book in her hand and a crystal in the other. So Don't get me wrong as well. My kids love technology just as much as any other kid. They can fight like mad and they stay up too late some nights and then get up too early and it can drive me absolutely nuts. But this adventure we are on feels right to us and to them too. They are asked and included in these decisions. We have always talked to them probably older than the age like their birth age this intention was to never assume they're not going to understand or to dumb it down technology can be a blessing and a curse and too many hours can be wasted if we're not on to it so activities and gifts from us or from family really helps us in this arena so Birthday and gift giving for witchlings. We took, we looked at the interests of our witchlings and their needs and desires. Then with budgets, we make it happen. With family, it helps. 
um, in this so we can get them on board with, you know, if there's bigger expenses to make that lesser and more possible um, and so that the money and the time is better spent better spent on the things that our kids will get quality time out of. So I've come up with a bit of a list where you can't really go wrong for any kids really but little witchlings. So book vouchers, hours of learning, imagination, stimulation and daydreaming, excursions and outings, yearly passes to the zoo, theme parks, museums, swimming lessons, a term full of fun, safety in the water and good sun exposure, sports, skate sessions, martial arts, yoga, the gift that keeps on giving, arts and crafts, paints, chalk, resin, colours, sketch sessions, pottery classes, sewing lessons, craft magazine subscriptions. This just continues that stimulation and that eagerness to learn and be creative. Technology. Yes, you have your tablets and your iPads, but could you look at art programs that they can then have accessible uh, educational games that there's subscriptions to that you know, they're not just mindlessly scrolling through YouTube and so on. Um, or even if it was on their PlayStations or whatnot, more active games like Just Dance and whatever else there are out there. Music lessons, private or online instruments, and there's a Yuzikin, I think that's how you pronounce it, Mia always tells me I say it wrong, subscription. So she does guitar as well, um, self-taught, um, well, online taught um, with no actual teacher. So this allows her to tune her uh, guitar to then be able to see if she's hitting the notes correctly and then level up as she goes. And I think that's only like $30 a month. Um, obviously, she has a tablet, so that goes hand in hand with that. Spiritual, tarot and oracle decks, crystals, mindful books and journals, um, self-care boxes and subscriptions, there's a good one called Goddess Provisions. It is American, so it looks cheap <laughs> until you add up the dollars and the conversion rate. But, you know, this is for gift-giving times as well when you're thinking outside the box and trying to find things that are going to continue to stimulate in their interests and hobbies longer term. So there's so many ideas. We just focus on the activities or the gifts that are going to last longer than the initial excitement of opening up the wrapping. Um, they still get bits and bobs of stuff that they like and they feel like they can't live without because they are still tiny humans who feel into the advertisements they see and make my eyes twitch. <laughs> but overall, they receive lasting, meaningful gifts. So tips on how I bring plant magic into our everyday life and into my craft. So other than me having a ton of garden beds and fruit veggies, I also plant 
or have plants inside my living space and working space. So it feels nice, so nice to have green life inside my home. It lightens up any space and it makes me feel connected to Mother Nature, even in dark, gloomy days. As I water them, um, in return, they freshen our breathing air and they are always around family. So the vibration of love are being absorbed into their roots and soils. I dry herbs and flowers on the daily. Any chance I get from clippings, um, harvests, or if I cut too much off for a meal, I dry them out and store them for other uses. For example, dried flower bunches from special occasions or if they're reduced in the stores or the markets, I hang them upside down when it's almost a time of wilting. And once dried, I either box them up, um, put them aside for customers' orders, like to decorate the outside of the boxes, uh, for packaging, family and friends' gifts, um, or I place them in small vases around our space for pops of colour and appreciation. Another way I store herbs and edible flowers is in ice cube trays with water freeze them and then pop them into reusable freezer bags for icy drinks, botanical mocktails and to add into pestos and sauces. This is super cost effective, straight from fresh to frozen, minimal waste and long lasting. Essential oils, they are like my best friend. (laughs) Uh, These are used every day in every way possible and I only source the best quality which I believe is doTERRA. These are used in my cooking, in healing remedies, uh, for emotions and stresses, for relaxation and so on. Um, When I reach for these little pure bottles I'm reminded of how plants are medicine and it fills my cup knowing that it's right at my fingertips. Food. I love to cook for everyone. It's my love language and even more so when I know we've planted and harvested these goods. So adding herbs and edible flowers, greens and fruits to our dishes help keep us connected and nourished. There's so much more appreciation when it comes from your own garden and hard work than just a shelf. So if this isn't possible for you with your living arrangement, markets are second best. And you can see the farmers, the fresh produce. You can ask where it's grown, if it's organic, if it's pesticide-free, and if they potentially have a community garden that you might like to join. So... To lead on, I entwine my plant magic into my self-care practices and sacred events. When I have a bath, um, the plant oils, the herbs and the flowers are added to my waters, soaking in them and their vibrations, super relaxing, calming and a beautiful way to appreciate my own body and its needs. You can scoop out any larger pieces um, once you've drained your bath and put them into your green waste or you can just chuck the whole water and the herbs into your outside plants. I never use harsh chemicals on our bodies so what's going on and in us is a okay for the plants. 
I burn incense daily using charcoal discs. I place a small amount of my dried herbs and flowers, barks and resins on top of the burning amber. Smoke fills the space, clearing energies and purifying the air. And this is something I love to do before we start homeschool for the day. If there's celebration um, and if we've had visitors come and then go, um, I then open the doors and windows and let the scent drift throughout our space. And what goes into my body or our bodies, being a foodie and a kitchen witch, food is always on my mind and so are the beverages. So I really try to add a variety into every meal I create, herbs, greens, seeds, nuts, meats, Um, My dressings are made at home with greens from our garden, yogurts, dried herbs and seasonings. Every bit counts. I drink a lot of tea and love a good sleep tea. So a blend I love to create. I use chamomile, peppermint and lavender, brewed on a nut milk. It's super comforting and it takes us into a beautiful slumber. Cacao also is delicious in the morning or before a sacred session like meditation, massage, Reiki and other healing modalities. I like to add a little cayenne pepper for a heating kick, coconut oil, collagen powder, maca and vitamin D. And this is one of the most nourishing ways I can fill my cup, literally. Skin and hair is another way I bring plant magic into our lives daily. We either make our products from scratch using natural bases, essential oils, honey, clay, or we source the goods. So nothing harsh, no harsh chemical will be found in my home, and it has not been since my daughter was born. I was absolutely disgusted with the products we were using just out of you know oh that's on sale I'll grab that or oh you know this has been a product we've used for years or a friend's recommendation like by the time you then you know look at the labels and you have no idea what it's saying we just have gone as clean as possible knowing our skin is one of our it is our largest organ what goes on it must go in us right I have eczema and psoriasis as well so I know too well if something doesn't agree with my skin that I'm not going to be putting that onto my cubs either so obviously if you can't make your own products either you don't want to or you don't have the time or the resources go to your health food store or like I suggested before, going to your local markets and actually talking to the creators of the products and get a better understanding of what you're really putting in and on your body. Witchlings are very in tune. They're curious, they're emotional little creatures and entwining all we've been discussing leads me into tarot and oracles with children so I've always shared my weird wonderful hobbies with my kids and for the reason 
they're half of me, so the weirdness must continue, right? Asking questions on the universe, how, why, when, and having something tangible like oracle decks, crystals, and books really help us deepen these questions and sometimes answers. I started Mia off with her first affirmation deck from age seven. That was one of her birthday gifts. They were a simple moon pack filled with beautiful pictures, simple writings, and lovely messages. And this encouraged her to pick a card from her intuition and receive the message exactly as she needed to. So years have gone on and her desires to know more have blossomed into astrology and crystals and self-awareness. Little messages have helped her with anxieties and fears and personal questions. With my guidance as well, it's helped her overcome these life challenges in a soft, nurturing way. Looking at the pictures with your witchlings and have them come up with their own interpretation of the card before even reading the messages that it may come with. Help them connect to their thoughts and their feelings first. If what they see is different to the message, that's totally okay. Let their imagination and intuition flow on. You could keep a journal together of the readings um, or draw cards, like draw the cards as a part of a mindful calming activities um, for days of overwhelm and destruction. We've recently added that as well to one of the modalities is our mindful Mondays. So to start our week, we throw out a nice rug out in the sun if it's a beautiful morning especially and we bring um, our drawing book and stack of pens and colours of the rainbow and we put the incense on, some nice music and we just try to keep it small and simple because my son is still haywired from the weekend um so just small steps you know like I think when you're trying to create these spaces with your kids or get them involved in your interest perhaps just baby steps you know less is more um otherwise you potentially could be setting yourself up for failure and getting frustrated instead of it being a really beautiful time together so when we sit um I just first of all get them to just tap into their breathing, just listen to their breath, feel the heat and the coolness entering and exiting their nostrils, feel their tummies rise and fall and their chest and their shoulders and we might then just move a little bit with some yoga movements. If you're not familiar with any yoga, there's, um, what's it called? cosmic yoga for kids um online and she's great she might do like a harry potter theme or she could do oh my goodness i haven't looked at it for a little while but she's she's got so many a spider-man theme so you know their ways of in entwining that into their their wind down time or giving you some quiet time to have a cuppa or be a part of it as well um so yeah we'll sit there we'll move our bodies a little bit and then um, we will then get them to 
intuitively pick a card from a deck that we've chosen for the morning or for the week and go their intuition, guide them into what the card says, then have a little read of what the little booklet that it comes with says as well and they will then draw the picture from the card or if not from the card, what the picture makes them feel. So once again, coming back to their emotions, their thoughts and their feelings. And, yeah, we just keep a nice little booklet of that and the card that they've drawn will then sit on our homeschool station or our altars um, for the week and it's a nice little reminder if they're getting frustrated or overwhelmed, um, we say, hey, what's what did your card say this week? And it kind of brings them back to that memory and that feel-good moment of how we started the week, which is lovely. Well, that's all I have today. I hope you receive this episode with light and love. Thank you to my Patreon members who downloaded all my witchy content and spells from last month leading on to this month and my faithful followers on social media. I will add this to the show notes for you to find me. Um, I'd love to hear from my listeners a little more. That would be great. And make sure to subscribe to see the Blissful Witchcast. Um, potentially share it with some of your friends or family that you may think would be interested. Um, yeah, otherwise send me a message of what you'd like to hear and learn about. Have a beautiful week wherever you are. And, yeah. We'll talk soon, witches. Bye.